talk about like things that we hope will happen because things have actually happened yay (laughs) (laughs) i'm very excited about all of this as you can tell yes krypton is officially here so we can figure out what we think of it i guess we should probably start with the biggest question for everyone which is did we like the pilot michelle what'd you think I liked it a lot more. We we talked about this uh, before we started recording, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I think I mentioned this when we recorded either last week or the week before that I had like when they announced it, I had really like no like great interest in it. Like I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then, you know, the promotional stuff really got me like interested and I thought I would like it. But I didn't expect to be, like, so engrossed with it. Like, I really, really, really liked it. Um, Me too. I thought it, first and foremost, the thing that amazed me the most was how great it looks. Like, for a show on sci-fi with not a huge budget, I thought it looked cinematic almost at times. I'm going to say something and somebody's probably going to tweet me some, like, hatefulness after this, but, like... (laughs) I thought this show looked better than most of the movies in the DCEU. Like, I thought it looked, no offense, guys, like, keep the hate tweets to a minimum, but I thought it looked incredible. The The skull ship particularly was just, like, blew my mind. Like, the city looked like a real place where people lived. The The sci-fi stuff looked, you know, the sort of future space type things all looked like yeah. they could be real objects in a real place, which is amazing considering that they had to make this on a tv budget yeah i mean it it looks really good i know that um so a friend of mine uh russ berlingame he writes for comicbook.com he actually went to a set visit um in i think january uh and he said a lot of the effects they actually use practical effects and it's funny oh, because we, real. yeah, we, we, I think there's always a lot of discussion about this between like, you know, the, the visual effects and the, and practical effects and like, um, like with the Star Wars movies, for example, like episodes one through three, like sometimes look worse than episodes four, five, and six because they, it's like outdated technology as opposed to practical effects. Um, and I know like when they did Force Awakens, they, they, um, 
they tried to use more practical effects so that it would still have sort of that feel. So it's always really interesting to me, I think, when they take the time to, you know, like build these sets and build these things like the statues in the Fortress of Solitude are real. They're not an effect. I think the Brainiac ship is like a scale model. It looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, like, I mean, the costumes and everything, you know, they have to make all that. I mean, it's not like they can go... I mean, they have to make everything, essentially. They have to build a whole set. It's not like they can go to a city and film. You know, like, this is another planet. Mm -hmm. So... I just, I was very impressed, and again, not trying to throw shade on sci-fi or anything, but for a, for a sci-fi show, I was like, wow, this show looks like it's on a network, like like a big network, you know? Like, like a cable network. Right, like a cable network. Like, it looks like really, really good. Network. I mean, it looks better than Inhumans, which had, like, a colossal budget and was on NBC. I have to admit that I did not watch that once I heard that it was terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, I only watched bits and pieces of it, but, like, the bits and pieces of it that I saw were, like, bad. And so I was, like, thinking about that while I was watching this last night, and I'm like, wow, this looks better than, like, a show with a giant budget. Yeah, they should be really proud of themselves. Super impressive. Super okay. impressive. Um, I really liked it, too, for what, that, for what that is worth. And I kind of did not, I didn't think I wouldn't like it. But I always, like, when new shows start, I try to not be kind to pilots, but, like, give it a couple of episodes because I, I generally don't expect the first episode of anything to be that good. Uh, right. Only, like, you have to set up so much stuff. Like, to set up the premise of the show, you have to introduce everyone to the audience, and especially in a show like this where a lot of people have weird names that people don't know. You have to be like, what are the rules of this universe? What's happening? And I thought that this episode did a really, a really great job of, of doing all of that without feeling like it had to stop every few minutes to be like, and now we are going to tell you something important. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, that did happen to it a couple of times, but oddly for me, I found that most obvious when it was stuff that was to do with Superman. Like, not that I am not interested in, in the time travel plot and the Superman connection and all of that, but the parts of the show I was most interested in were the parts that had absolutely nothing to do with Superman at all. I would watch an entire show that was just about the weird politics of <laughs> of this planet and their and their weird religious theocracy situation. Like I would watch all of that, and I I wouldn't even need any of the Superman stuff. That's just like an extra bonus. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It was. I like the world building and I feel like in this first episode they did it so well. Like I they not a lot happens, but a lot happens in like a really nice and cohesive way. And like you said, it's not one of those things where like every beat is like, okay, now I'm gonna tell you this thing and this thing and this and that and this thing because I'm trying to set this whole universe up. It just flowed really nicely together. And I feel like I have like enough information like already, you know, like Obviously, going forward, we're going to get more and more and more. But, like, I feel it. I understand it. Like, I felt immersed in it. It wasn't one of those things where I was like, wait, who's that? What's going on? It was very, like, tight. It was very tight. And it was it was well done, I felt, the writing. Yeah. And I actually remember thinking that I was surprised when the episode ended where it ended. Because I thought that the bit with the disparate cape was going to happen much, much earlier in the episode. But, mm -hmm. 
and then like and then the rest of it would be more sort of exposition related to that like I don't know something along the lines of like how will this how does this work what is time travel you know like some kind of just like we're explaining to you the rules of the road here right they didn't do that which I thought was really interesting because they left that moment so late yeah it's a reason like it's a hope for you to come back next week but that leaving that so late means the rest of the episode, like the whole like world of Krypton had more time to breathe as like a real thing, which I thought was just such a benefit to the episode. Yeah. I also like when it, when it comes to the time travel thing, I appreciate a show that's written with the assumption that the audience is intelligent. Yes. Um, like I can't, Something that really bothers me is when, like, I feel things are being dumbed down specifically to, like, explain what's going on when you should just be able to infer what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so, like, with the time travel thing, it was just kind of like, hi, I'm Adam. I'm a time traveler. Now here's why I'm here. And it was almost, like, unimportant that he was a time traveler or just accepted. Like, okay, we don't need to explain exactly how this works. It's not wholly important. This is a comic book show. And so, therefore, you should just... And honestly... And a sci-fi show. Like, it's a comic book show and it's a sci-fi show. So you should just understand that there's some bizarre things that are going to happen and we're not going to explain them to you. Because you're smart enough to understand how that works. So it's like, I kind of appreciated that Seg wasn't like, what do you mean you're a time travel? Please explain this to me. Like, it's not, it's not important. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was just kind of like, all right, he's a time traveler from the planet of Detroit. And... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I that, I'm still laughing about that pack of Marlboros that just like was the ultimate sort of weird plot product <laughs> That was a little bizarre. Like I was like, why is like what was the choice there about him being a smoker? No, he like, also did not strike me as a person who would smoke reds. Right. Like <laughs> I mean he's definitely like a like an ultra light kind of dude, is all I'm saying. Yeah, that was super weird. I was like, that's a weird... Okay. I don't know. So weird. But before we get to... Before we get to Adam Strange and all of the business of what this means for Earth or Superman or whatever, let's talk some more about Krypton because I'm so fascinated by all of the things that they have kind of set up in this episode just to sort of depict the way that the world works. Mm-hmm. I can't decide if I'm more interested. I don't know what I want to talk about first. So here's here's what I am most excited about. I love the sort of like family slash guild system. And I can't quite figure out if, if people are in guilds because they're in certain families or I guess not because they sort of put Seg into the science guild, whatever that is, or the theocracy angle, which I don't think the episode explored as much as I would have liked it to, but I can't imagine we're not like coming back to that. Right. So I love the... Now, I was trying to remember if they explicitly explained that Rao was like... If that's like... They explicitly explained that that's a religion. I know that that's the religion. And I know... Oh, right. Because he calls him the voice of Rao. So again, that's like an inference, right? Um, So yeah, we got this dude with this like multiple heads. Um, So yeah, it's obviously a religious society. Which is interesting that they have, like, when you think about it in terms of our society, for example, they have um, this whole political system that's based on their religious figure, and yet they have a science guild. You know, I didn't even think of that, but that's so true. (laughs) And they seem to obviously have, like... What does the science guild do? Right. Well, the (laughs) science guild apparently figures out that there's alien life forms, but they don't want to hear that. 
<laughs> I guess the Science Guild probably is the ones who created like the birthing matrix and the and the genetics, the yeah, genetic council thing. So I guess they're who's like sort of in charge of that. But yeah, it seems like there's the Lawmakers Guild, which the House of Vex belongs to, the Military Guild, which the House of Zod belongs to, the Science Guild, which is the House of El belongs to. So yeah, I guess there's different guilds and then how different houses have different, you know, um, specialty, you know, whatever. Like they happen to be good at this particular thing. So they end up in this like guild. Harry Potter where like some families are sort of like, not like maybe it is genetically like genetically inclined to be Slytherins or Gryffindors or, right. or whatever. Or if it's like a, you just have an aptitude for fighting or for math and how do they know that? But I guess everyone's like gen genetically engineered. So maybe they do know that. Yeah. And so that, that was fascinating to me too. Like when they, so you get binded with someone who it looks like your, your DNA, your genetics will match well. And then the system can already tell you, like, who your offspring is going to be and what they're going to be good at, which was, like, crazy. So, yeah, I guess how they, it, it seems that it would appear that how they have structured their society is that they try to bring, you know, the best and brightest together in the most cohesive way to make the best and brightest. And those right. people are all at, the, like, the top class. So we have, like, a caste system going on, too. I forgot about the rank list for a second because I was like, what happens to people who aren't the best and brightest? And I'm like, well, I guess they live in the sewer. <laughs> they, they, they live in the basement. <laughs> um, but I guess, though, that those people, too. So it's interesting because when I was reading some of the character bios, um, Kem, who is the one who works at the bar, who's Seg's friend, he it's it, it says that he's an engineer. So I was like. Oh, that's interesting. So I wonder if there's like a mixture of like your family lineage along with like what you do. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that could also just be like not correct on like the DC wiki page. But um, I was like, oh, hmm, okay. I mean, he obviously seems smart since him and Seg are running scams at the bar. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, can we talk about Kryptonian uh, currency? Oh, yeah. It's like Venmo. <laughs> well, they're very technologically advanced. <laughs> PayPal of the future. But I was like, how does he know exactly how much money to give them? Like, he didn't have to put anything in. They just, like, tapped tapped credit cards and money transferred. It was weird. I just paid with Apple Pay at the Apple Store today. And I'm like, this future doesn't, that part of the future doesn't seem so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, imaginary. But, um back on the theocracy bent for a second, I'm trying to figure out, so do we think the voice of Rao is clearly a person? And I think it's obviously going to matter who that person turns out to be at some point. So right. I am curious, like, or will it? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe the religion is sort of like a monolith, but they keep showing that one sort of multi-faced figure who I can't decide if I think is like a prophet or like, um, like a, a more Janus kind of figure, which would, be more mercurial I guess or maybe I'm just reading too much into this but because I, I just think the opposite angle is cool but I want to know more about how this sort of it doesn't sound to me like this kind of really aggressive religion was always in charge right so how did we get to that that's another thing I'm very curious about yeah because it seems like the elves are not necessarily like on board with it mm -hmm. so I feel like it hasn't been like a long-standing thing Maybe only, like, 
like too general like you know something that maybe like Valel remembers when this person took over kind of thing you know so maybe it's like two or three generations of this it's not yeah, like get that fortress in like a weekend right so. <laughs> no he didn't just like he didn't bring Elsa in to just like let it go no <laughs> whip it up for him no yeah, so I'm in, I'm super, that is one of the things that's super fascinating to me, and it's funny, like you said, it's, it has nothing to do with Superman, but it was one, it was one of the things that was most interesting to me, is I'm intrigued to see what this religion is like, and, and like, why, you know, why that's the, the, the power piece on this planet, you know, was there some, like, great, you know, was there some great famine or something, and, you know, he came in and was like, I'm the voice of Rao. And, you know, and, and then the idea of, is it all BS? Yeah. You know, like, is this person manipulating society and he's not actually religious? Which yeah, I think... Clearly, clearly we know that they're wrong about the... There are no other planets or life forms outside of Krypton. Right. Like, right. <laughs> demonstrably false. So. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. That was something I actually, when I was live tweeting on the account last night... um one of the first things I said was, like, it's so interesting that, like, a place that we, like, we know an alien comes from thinks that there's no life forms besides themselves in the universe. <laughs> like, it's just funny, like, because you're like, well, no, no, but we already know you are the aliens. <laughs> so it's, like, a funny, just, it was just, like, funny to me. Like, I'm like, huh, okay. I did want to mention, so we we only see Valel briefly in the beginning, but I did I don't know if you noticed that his outfit was very familiar looking. Yes, it, it was. It was very um like a cross between like Man of Steel and like Supergirl, like the uh, the like thread of the the top that he had on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might have to have a little segment every week to talk about like Kryptonian fashion, just generally because <laughs> I'm rating this as wardrobe really in to everyone's look yeah but yeah I didn't really notice it till he popped up again at the end and I really hope that he is I'm assuming I'm hoping anyway that he's kind of the the Jor-El yeah yeah it seems like he is he's sort of like linked to the fortress the way the Jor-El is linked to, to to Superman's fortress that was what I was kind of assuming slash hoping for because I really like that actor whose name I cannot pronounce um, but he is Barristan Selmy on Game of Thrones, so yes. let's refer to him as Barristan Selmy. <laughs> he is awesome, and I was like, no, they cannot only have him in this show for five minutes. I will not accept that. Yeah, no, I definitely think we'll be seeing him. You know what I thought was funny, uh, talking about his outfit again for, for like a second, I was looking at him, there's like a wide shot, right, right before he, um, you know, goes off into, I guess it's the Phantom Zone that they send him into, or the Black, whatever that is. Um, I, I would really like to know what that is. Like, I, Yeah. I, it's like, is it's that the Phantom Zone? Random black the... hole at the end of this, like, plank. They made him, well, they literally made him walk the plank, which was funny. Well, minute, I thought they were just, like, kicking him out of the city into some kind of, like, cold wasteland, and this is just how much, like, dystopian fiction I, re- I read regularly. I was like, there's no way he's dead. Just like he's fine, he's just out there like living in the wilderness. And right. Realize that he like dropped down a mountain, so that's probably not accurate. But yeah, I couldn't really quite figure out what that was because it looked like he was walking into something, and then he fell a lot. Yeah, 
don't know. But he kind of looked like, his outfits sort of looked like Superman pajamas <laughs> that I, like, bought for my toddler, my, like, toddler godson. And I, because it was, like, very distinctly, like, a top and then, like, pants and the cape was on it. And it's just, like, these look like adult, adult pajamas. But <laughs> that was just... I mean, I think maybe House Elle needs to up their wardrobe game a little bit, like, generally. Because they were not, they were not the the winning look of the evening. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, yeah, Seg's outfit is just sort of, I mean, it's just like black leather. Yeah. Nothing. And then his parents, I can't help but, and everyone else is making this comparison too, but I can't help but feel like I get super Star Wars feels from them. Like, it's like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. And he's Luke. Like, when he goes in, like, the house and they're just there in their little album. Like, you guys really look like, this This looks like we're we're in Star Wars. And I love that actor that um, plays his dad because he was uh, Lestrade on the BBC Sherlock. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be in this show. And I was like, And then no. you were like, oh, nope. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of death in this episode. There is. And, like, I felt so bad for poor Segel. I mean, he loses, like, his entire family. I mean, obviously, there's a 14-year time jump between the grandfather and and later on with the parents. But um, I was like, God, I mean, to lose them both, like, in, like, five seconds of one another. Horrible. Yeah, it's not like any of them died in bed of old age. Right, right. All of them murdered by this society that Adam Strange is now telling him he has to save. I don't know. Part of me's like, I'd be like, never mind. <laughs> you guys can get eaten by the. I'd be like, forget Man. this. <laughs> what else should we talk about? While I am on the subject of fabulous outfits, I just have to also give the wardrobe people props for the amazing variety of swishy, like, space capes that are in the show. Everyone has something that's very, like, flowy and billow, except for Seg, has something that's very flowy and billowy and I'm really just into it as a fashion choice. Yes. <laughs> I definitely like that. What did you think of the Zods? Um, I was shocked by how interested in their story I was because, I mean, with their last name, it sort of comes with this territory of, well, we know this family's going to turn out poorly. But I really thought that um, the mother-daughter relationship was super interesting. I thought... Well, I was actually very happy that there were both, like, two sort of very strong female characters coming to the forefront for the Zods, because I had, in my heart of hearts, harbored a little bit of anxiety that this was going to be, like, a show that did not necessarily, like, elevate women's stories, and Mm -hmm. I think that I was wrong about that, which is, or at least after one episode, it looks like I was wrong about that, so yay. Also, they are all in incredible shape. Yeah. And... And stab each other, which is, wow. And the woman who plays um, Lita's mother, oh, her name just left my head. Um, thing like, hold on, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> because I'm like, dang it, it's going to bother me until we know. I want to call her Allura, and that was originally her name, but it's not anymore. Jaina. Jaina Zod. And Lita's the daughter, yeah. Okay, okay. So Jaina is actually, she was in Wonder Woman. She's, she's one of the Amazons. Badass. So I was like, oh, she's so super badass. 
can beat me up anytime, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I was, like you said, super shocked by that sort of power dynamic between the mother and the daughter. Um, and I thought what was it, it was interesting was later on when um, Seg's mother, you know, is is caught and, and, there's, and she's talking with Jaina. And I was surprised that Jaina... Uh, sort of not not saves them but you know she she saves her from having like a horrible death and she sort of protects seg a little bit in that moment um and i was a little surprised because the person the character that you meet at first doesn't seem like she would do those things mm-hmm. so it's it's thing about like mercy is a word we don't use right and so i was a little like hmm okay there's a little bit it's interesting because you your automatic um reaction to hearing zod is to be like you're the bad guy mm-hmm. and so you know to have her show this sort of mercy and then to have lita and seg be in love is like such a flip flip the script thing you know where you're like huh <laughs> this, like, this is interesting <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. I don't either, partially because I kind of feel like we've done the, like, warring families, tragic love story. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's, like, for however many hundreds of years that that has been. And I don't don't know that I I think that I needed it here or that I think this would be a particularly, like, different take on it. But I'm willing to give it – I'm willing to give it a shot and see. Mostly because I just like both of these characters individually – Yes. I don't know that I care about them as a romantic relationship yet, but who knows? I'm glad that you said that because I felt like the only person who was kind of like, eh, about this coupling, like everyone's like, oh, you know, they're the ship. And I'm like, I mean, uh. yeah, I was kind of like, like uh, you said, uh, I like them both like as characters, as a couple. I, I don't want to say I didn't really care, but I was kind of like, uh, whatever, you know, yeah. I found the, the, relationship dynamic between Nissa and Seg way more interesting. Yeah. I mean, I actually wrote this down and I was debating whether or not I was going to say it because I was like, oh no, I don't want to be like a weird person the first episode out, but I'm going to say it. I have like in all caps scribbled in this document, oh no, I might be shipping Seg and Nissa. (laughs) (laughs) The part where she says, besides, you're not completely repellent. I was like, oh no, I don't need this. (laughs) I don't need this. But I thought they're, I, I agree with you. I thought they're sort of partially antagonistic, partially we're going to have to be on the same side thing is something that I, or at least to some extent, is something that I personally kind of just have a weakness for. So I thought that was more interesting just in terms of where it could go. Like, I know everybody's yeah. like, this is the ship because it's like, look, they're doomed because look what their last names are. But I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, it's doomed and where is the fun in that? Right. And it's also like, for me, like you said, it's like a tired sort of trope. Like, I've seen this a million times. I know how this story plays out. Give me something different. And so I... Yeah. I, I think Lita is a really interesting character, especially just sort of her relationship to her mother, her relationship to her guild, her relationship to like the future that's been laid out for her. Right. And I would rather the story be about her navigating that than whether she gets to be with Seg or not. Right. But I'm sure many people feel differently. Right. Well, I mean, this isn't the CW, so perhaps they will actually develop her as a human, um, as an actual character on her own, devoid of her love interest. 
that's what I want more for her. Yeah. Is, is, is a story about her, not a story about her and the guy she's dating. Right. And again, like we said, it's only the first episode, but I got even more of just like, um, like a familial feel between them. Like I'd rather see them as like friends, you know, war, you know, warring family friends as opposed to lovers, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, depending of course on how, on how everything plays out, maybe where they end up. Um, you know, not, not that I'm not interested in their sort of dynamic. I just, it wasn't like super like important to me that they be like shown in bed together. And I was like, eh, I mean, what else? Um, but to go back to Nissa for a second, the other thing that she said to him, besides the, you're not totally repulsive or repellent. Um, she also says to him something to the effect of my father thinks he chose you. Yeah. Which was really intriguing to me too. Like I was like, Hmm, what does Nissa have up her sleeve? Like, so she obviously like somehow manipulated her father into this. And so I'm interested to see where that kind of comes from. Ladies with agency are my jam. So I want, I want all of that. I want Nissa to do everything. Like Nissa was, Nissa is hands down my like initial sort of gut reaction favorite out of everybody. Which I'm not entirely surprised by because I was like, oh no, this character is very intriguing to me. But I, this character is very intriguing to me. Well, and I also feel like you don't have any expectations of like who she is, right? Or and, what she's gonna like grow up to be, or anything like that. So I, it's like, look, it's something that's wide open, right? I also feel like she is the the most guarded of all the characters. Like I feel very much like. You got a sense of who Seg is. You got a sense of who Lita is. You got a sense of who, you know, Kem is. You got a sense of who Adam is. But her, she's like this, like, roll of the dice. She's this wild card, you know? Like, I kind of think I know who she is, but I'm not sure. And so that makes her more intriguing than everyone else. I think that's definitely true. Her dad, the Russell Crowe lookalike. <laughs> I'm like, Jarrell, what? No. Um... <laughs> He totally looks like like B-rate Russell Crowe. <laughs> like, you know, when you watch your, a movie and you're like, is that? Oh, no. That's not him. But it looks just like him. That's, <laughs> that's like who he is to me. Every time he kept popping up, I was like, God, he looks just like Russell Crowe. It was so weird. I want to know more about that entire family. What are they? They're in the Lawmakers Guild? The Lawmakers Guild, yeah. Um, what do we think that they do again? I'm curious. Like, are they just sort of like the justices or are they actually like, well, he seems to be sort of like the speaker of the house, I guess, <laughs> you know, cause he seems to talk a lot for the voice of Rao. Um, I think somewhere, I think in his, in his bio, it says he's like the chief magistrate. Okay. So my assumption is that like the voice of, we haven't really seen the voice speak which is weird but i guess the voice speaks to him and then he's like the tr- the person who like you know right um and so i yeah i guess they would be the you know he's the one who hands out the sentence to valel and he's the one who hands out the sentence to seg's parents so yeah i guess they're like judge and jury type of they're the people who decide what the punishments are and what the law of the land is would be my. I need a flowchart of what everybody. <laughs> can only be four guilds, right? There have to be more. 
Maybe there are four. I don't know. I want like a I want a map of how of how the society is laid out. Yeah. Most I'm very curious, which I think is, you know, a sign of good is a sign of good world building. Because I want to know more about the specifics of how this society is set up. Yeah. Super intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see if there's different houses. We just don't, you know, we just haven't been introduced to them yet. There are different guilds, I mean. We just haven't been introduced to them yet. Yeah. I mean, because I'm sure there's, you know, if there's a science guild, there's a lawmakers, obviously a military. I mean, there has to be, like, some type of... agriculture guild. Right, right. uh, I don't know. What else do you need? Like, like education. Like, water purification. Like, what do you need to be alive? There has to be some, there, there has to be more. Yeah. And I'm super intrigued to learn about them. Like, I hope that that's something that they, they focus on in the episodes, not just on like, you know, the Brainiac and the, and the Superman of it all. Mm-hmm. Probably means we should talk about the Superman of it all. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, so Adam Strange is the, is the, you know, the time traveler. And so I guess he sort of, for me, sort of functioned a little bit as, like, the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, because he sort of has the same type of knowledge that we have. You know, he knows Superman. He knows how great he's going to become. And he he knows that, you know, Krypton's going to blow up and all that stuff. And um, I found him interesting. Uh, I really like the actor who plays him. He's easy on the eyes, too, so that helps. This whole cast is very easy on But, that. yeah, that's true. They're all super pretty. All <laughs> yeah, so... how little time we spent with Adam Strange. I know, like, I'm thinking about that, like, oh, we didn't really see him a lot. We really only saw him, like, twice. I mean, we sort of knew he was he was there, or that the person that we didn't yet know who... I mean, oh, whatever. We all knew who he was. Right. Let's go. <laughs> right, but he's, like, following Segaron, and I love when he's, like, wait, wait. He just, like, sort of, like, stops him in the middle of the street, and he's, like wait, I have to tell you this thing, and, like, Seg's ready to, like, punch him out. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let me explain to you. I'm fr- I'm a time traveler. Like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, can you imagine if someone, like, walked up to you on the street and said something like this to you? You're like, what? I'd be, like, hitting the panic button on my phone. I'd be right. like, this is really crazy. 911, 911. <laughs> He's, like, some kind of mental health service. But he gives him, so it's funny, so he, first he gives him, so he gives him two super important artifacts, right? So he gives him the sun, what they call a sunstone, uh, which is the, the key to the fortress, um, which has been called many different things in many different iterations. So that's cool how, like, you know, he gives him that and, like, Seg takes it home and his parents are like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Can't be to anything super secret at all. His parents are the worst <laughs> Right, I was like, you guys are super transparent. Just FYI. I mean, <laughs> and I kind of loved how his parents went from like we can't tell him to like his mom stealing a skimmer and bringing him to the fortress five seconds later. Like, I love it that she did it without telling his dad. Yeah, like she's like whatever. She's like your father didn't want you to know, but <laughs> she's like I'm, I'm gonna tell you. Um. I did also think it was, I don't know, it feels one of the, one of the sort of kind of narrative leaps that I know they had to make here, which is fine. It's a pilot. We have to get the story going. Like, I feel like we went very quickly from his parents being sort of like these very kind of mild mannered, like boring people to surprise we're in the resistance. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't, we got there 
it just, it escalated very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, like you said, I think it's one of those things where, like, they just kind of had to... Like, we gotta get there. We just gotta get here, and so rather than drag it out, they're like, yeah, secretly they've been, you know, looking like they're they're playing along, but, you know, they've had this knowledge. I mean, she does, I think there is, like, a, di a bit of dialogue where she says something to the effect of, like, you know, where did, where did, like, that they didn't have a key to the fortress. Like, she knew where it was, but couldn't get in it. So, I mean, that could have something to do with it, too. Like, the sense of, like, they knew that this information was out there, but they didn't have access to it, so they couldn't really do anything about it all this time. And so I'm what... definitely feeling, at least that his mom was, I don't know, like, saying she was going to PTA meetings, but secretly going to, like, what are they, what is their group name? Black, um... Oh. Black Terror? Something, yeah, something like that. Like that. Um, I probably just totally butchered that and I should have written it down, but I didn't. But like she's I feel like she was secretly definitely going to their, their resistance gathering. <laughs> their resistance not, meetings. Not like the PTA. She was going to knitting club, but not really. Black Zero, Black Zero not bad. Black Zero, yeah. Um Yeah, and I, and I and I think it was, you know like you said, you know, they, they appear like so like mild mannered at first and then they end up like sacrificing themselves for the cause. And you're like, oh, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> Your dad had five lines. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> but, I mean, I know we have to yeah. get there. We have to There's only ten episodes, so we got to move it along. <laughs> I mean, it took them, like, a whole season to, to do that on Game of Thrones, just saying. Right. Um. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, but, so, well, let's talk about the fortress for a second. That set is incredible. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And the oh, the other thing that I should men we should mention that was like besides how nice it looked, the music in the whole episode was excellent. And I don't know if you caught those couple of swells of like the John Williams Superman. I love that. I was like, oh my god! Like <laughs> when they're like pulling up to the. I think I heard it twice when they're pulling up to the fortress. And they go in the fortress, and then at the end, when he's standing on the Superman crest, mm -hmm. you that was could a hear. Great shot oh, such there. a great shot! Such a great shot! But I was like, oh, that just and and you know, it's one of those things where like, if you didn't hear, if you don't know the music and you've never heard it, it's whatever. It doesn't matter. But if you know what it is, you're like, oh my god! It just yeah. makes made the moment like just an extra more extra step more like exciting and moving. Like, oh, he's going into his own fortress of solitude. <laughs> <laughs> this will Even, be recreated. I I did think of something that we haven't talked about yet that we should probably talk about, given that he's the main character, and that's what do we what do we think of of Seg as as our lead character, as our I'm making air quotes, even though you can't see them. Hero, <laughs> as he's an L, he'll be a hero, but maybe not yet. What I think is interesting about him is he's sort of like the opposite of Superman. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, he's this like scrapper, you know? Like when we, when we first meet him, he's running a scam. When that's like something Superman would never do, you know? He's just sort of like a survivalist. Um, but then he has this moment um, where he helps the homeless man and you see that he like inherently just wants to help those who are less than him, even though he is one of the less, the less thans. 
he still wants to make like help and he still wants to um not not be a hero but like you know he still is like innately good yeah and the default said like i'm gonna help people right and so i loved seeing that because it's one of those things that's like ah this is a genetic trait of the house of l is this <laughs> like innate ability to just want to help other people and like something that we had we talked about was you know how this man is going to be the person who you know fathers Jarrell and ultimately will inspire Jarrell to be the man that he is, which in turn, you know, gives us Superman. And so it's like being able to see that like these people are all innately good and, and are all trying to like do what's best for the better of their world is a nice like sort of callback, even though he isn't like Kal-El, you know, he, like we said, he's like, He's a scrapper, but he still has that in his heart. Yeah, I remember, I wish I could remember what review I read this in, but someone compared him at the beginning of, of the series to uh, Aladdin from the beginning of the movie <laughs> Aladdin. And I was like, that's so true. You know, they have that whole song about him being like a diamond in the rough. Yes. Or whatever. And that's really, I think, how he's being presented at the moment. I was like, it's so true. He's like running around in the in the streets, like scrapping and helping people. And, and even when he doesn't have any, any reason to do so, even when these people who are about to get blown up by a fanatic, you know, killed his, killed his grandfather, he still saves them. Right. Because it's, it's just, it's genetic apparently. Yeah. And even like, as he's being harassed by like, you know, the Sagittarius, he still feels the necessity to like get involved and help that man. Which gets him arrested, even though, you know, Lita, of course, lets him go. But, um, you know, he's still, like, sort of, I mean, he can get into big trouble. I mean, his parents make it sound like, oh my God, you can't be out after curfew. And, like, it's this terrible, horrible place to have to end up in, like, Candor jail. <laughs> but he's still, you know, he still just doesn't even really think about it. He just goes in to be like, hey, leave him alone, you know. There's no gain for him there. Yeah. Like, no, there's no, he gets nothing out of that. Like, there's no positive anything other than just, like, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I overall found him, um, like, really, really intriguing. I'm interested in him. I want to see his story. Like, and that's something that's super important. I feel like a lot of times when you watch a show, sometimes the main character is the least, the least interesting character. Uh, Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Archie Andrews. <laughs> oh, no. This, I am the champion of, like, Archie is the worst. Hashtag Archie is the worst. Uh, so it's like... That proves your point. It's like, Archie is the least interesting part of the show that is, you know, ostensibly about Archie. Right. Um, so I think, you know, it's... And I feel like that happens a lot because... A lot of times, you know, the main character has to be, like, the protagonist, right? And mm -hmm. so, like, all these things sort of happen around him, and he has to be, like, reactionary to them. And so, a lot of times, the 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 ancillary characters end up being more interesting because they can be more sort of rigid in their, in their ideals um, because they're not the main character. Mm -hmm. But I found, I found Seg to not be that typical main character that's, like, not super interesting. 
Like, besides Nyssa, he is the most intriguing character to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Which is quite an accomplishment, I think you're right, because a lot of times the the burden of, of being good also means that you're boring. You're, bo- you're boring, yeah. They, or you're not interesting, or people are more, or, or other characters have more you know, inter- or more, more breadth to their, to their narratives. But I don't really feel like that here. Right. And I think a lot of that is because yes, he is inherently a good person and he's inherently a good guy. He's also been raised in this very poor environment where he's had to sort of, you know, fight to survive. And so it makes him a little jaded or a little bit more gray than so much in the white, you know? Yeah, there's a little edge. Right, there's a little edge to him. And I also, like it. And it doesn't hurt that he is also very easy on the eyes. This class, this whole cast is just... Oh, yeah. The whole cast is stunners. And I think, I think too, I would say they're all pretty good actors. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't feel like at any time that... And again, like you said about a pilot, like, a lot of times, pilots are terrible. And most you're always... Like, most pilots are pretty bad. And even, like, if they're not, like, completely horrible, there's only, like, certain moments or... You're like, well, this person's not that great of an actor, but they get better as the episodes go on. But I, this very felt, very much felt like a fully formed, like, it didn't feel like a pilot. almost felt like an episode two or three. Yeah. It feels like they thought about it. Yeah. In the context of the rest of the season, which pilots don't always do. Like, it feels like it's a piece of something bigger, not... An in, not an introductory kind of standalone thing. Right. If that makes sense. Well, and a lot of times how it works, you know, is a pilot gets made for the pickup. So you jam a lot of information into it because you want the network to be like, oh, yeah, to green light it. And then you sort of flesh stuff out later on. Now, what's interesting about this show, and I'm sure this has something to do with why this episode is as good as it is. There was a pilot that got cut and reshot. So, like, some of what we saw in this episode is from the original pilot, but a lot of it is reshoots. So what that original pilot looks like is anyone's guess. Um, I know some of the story is different. I believe I heard this on a podcast. I'm trying to remember which podcast it was. I think it was the uh, shoe podcast, the Starkville House of L, um, that Adam Strange wasn't part of the story in the very beginning process. Mm-hmm. And that he's part of the reshoots, like he's added later on. Um, so that could have something to do with why this is actually just feels more like an episode than a pilot. Because the elements of the original pilot, like there are some elements have been removed from the original pilot. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm not complaining. I feel like all pilots should do that. Like that, Or I feel like TV shows should like shoot like a 30 minute episode and networks should decide from that, and then they should go film, like, an actual episode instead of giving us these crappy pilots. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it goes back to what you were saying before about sort of um, a, the show respecting its audience. Like, I don't need you to spoon-feed me everything. Like, right. it's okay to take me as a viewer and drop me in the middle of a story and trust that I can keep up with you. I actually really would rather experience your show that way. And right. I think... I think it shouldn't feel like as much of a risk to do that than as it does sometimes. Like, I'm like, you can, we're all, this, this is the age of peak TV people. Right. We all like clock a lot of hours watching a lot of stuff. We can keep up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when you think about a show like game of Thrones, I mean, 
they do world building, but I mean, they drop just drop you in the middle of the action, essentially. You know, I mean, they don't they don't explain explain stuff like stuff gets explained over time, like as characters are interacting and characters are needed things explained to them, then it gets explained to the audience because it's being done because you know Ned has to explain to Arya what happened and why you know or whatever it is. So it's like it makes sense in the story. In real right. life, people don't stop, and I'm not like. Well, Michelle, let me tell you about the entire history of my family really quickly, going back four generations, <laughs> randomly in this conversation over coffee. Like, that's right. not how real life works. <laughs> right. No one would have that conversation. Right. So, yes, we want all of that backstory, but sort of give it to us in a way that's organic, which I think this episode really did a good job of doing, as evidenced by the fact that I have so many questions about how this society works, how these people relate to each other, how the people who are in the positions they're in came to occupy them because right. they didn't just say, they didn't give me what I asked for before, which was like, I need a map of how this society is set up. They weren't like, well, the lawmakers guild does blah, blah, blah. And the military guild does blah, blah, blah. And X, Y, Z person has ruled it for X number of years. They are like, you'll get there eventually. Right. And, and it was done in a way where, like, I'm not confused in any way. Like, I'm just like, okay, all right, I get it. I, I basically understand what's going on here. I gather I'll get more information as time goes on. But, like, I'm aware. Like, I understand, you know, the, the basics, the bare bones of it, which is all you really need to sort of jump off. Mm -hmm. And part of the fun is wanting to know more than they tell you. Right. So what haven't we touched on? Oh, we haven't really touched much on Brainiac. Yes, and that is actually the thing that we had a couple of comments on Twitter and by email last night after the show, and that is what people mention the most. So yeah, we should probably get to it. <laughs> so, so first we get to see Brainiac's ship, which is cool. Um, and he has, and there's a, a quick shot inside of the ship of like a little city, in, like the Bottle City, which is is kind of his thing, right? He's a collector of worlds, so now he wants to come and collect Krypton. I mean, from what we've seen from him in the previews, he looks super cool. Mm -hmm. Like, really cool. Again, going back to just how great everything looks. I think, or rather, the couple of comments we got on this subject, I have to admit, I am not an expert on this, so I'm going to trust I'm gonna trust the internet on, on this verdict. Uh, seem to feel that he kind of looks the most, like, this depiction looks the most comics accurate. Yeah. That's... Some of the other ones that we've seen, particularly, you know, um, I started to say on Supergirl. I was like, Brainiac is Brainiac on Supergirl? Yeah, yeah, Brainiac 5 is on Supergirl, but yeah. Right. I knew there was a number and I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, and I know, um, again, like you, like you said, I'm not super well-versed with Brainiac in the comics. Um, but I know when Supergirl sort of announced Brainiac and we saw some promotional material of him, everyone was confused because he's blue. And I guess he's green traditionally in the comics. So this Brainiac is green. So they got that right. <laughs> he looks terrifying. Um, I did see somebody tweeted like a picture of the cover of one of Jeff John's um, comics with Brainiac on the cover. And it, it very much looks sort of just like that with the little like those little like things that are on his head. Those like round I mean, and you Plugins. know what? Like I said, I am not, this is not an area in which I personally have a lot of knowledge, but I know how cool it feels to see something that you have kind of always pictured in your head and have 
the on-screen depiction like perfectly match up to the thing you pictured in your head. So I am happy to to to, to hear that that sounds kind of like what's happening. Oh yeah, because uh, that's always awesome. There is like, that's exactly what I thought it was. Thank you. I can still recall the very first time I sat down in the movie theater and watched The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh my gosh, me too. And was like, this is my book. It just came to life in front of me. I was like, exactly. I always thought Gandalf looked like... Yeah, like I to a T. I mean, like, like, like everything was just perfect to a T. So when that, when that... And it's just like this amazing thing where you're like, this is exactly what I thought this looked like. Or this, you know, that's such a cool thing when you, when you have you know, you're able to, to sort of see that come to life. Very happy for everyone who is excited. About Who's that. excited about Brainiac. So we didn't really like see too much or know too much about him in this episode. Besides yeah, that just, he's what coming. I was going to say before about, I was surprised like that the episode ended where it did. I was like, I can't believe that's all they told us about Brainiac. I was shocked. I think it was really interesting just to like leave, leave that hanging out there for later. Because I feel like in a lot of pilots, they would have been like, here is what Brainiac is and why he is so scary. Right. Or just like, here's a creepy shot of him. <laughs> that. I mean, he kind of speaks for himself. He's creepy looking. But he, um, you know, what? if I have to make like a, I don't have many uh, like, oh, I thought this was bad. Like if I had any negative comments to make. The only negative comment that I have on it is I felt like the episode ended super abruptly. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like an ending. Like, I felt like we were cutting to commercial, and then it was just over. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, which is fine. I mean, it is, it's whatever. If that's the only negative thing I have to say about the episode, then we'll be fine. But as, as we are sort of recapping and reviewing, we have to point out the, the not-so-great things, too. But that it did feel like a little, like, I don't know, it just sort of, like, cut off. And I felt like we were missing, I don't know, like a pullback shot or something. Yeah, I thought there was gonna be. I thought there was gonna be more Brainiac at the end, and I was surprised when that was just where it stopped. Or like and a tag like, scene. Hour and a half, or are they doing two episodes? I I thought there was gonna be more. Oh, the other thing that was super weird while it was going on was, so I was live tweeting and like in between, like during the commercials, I was like, oh, I get a break, I can go and check like the mentions and stuff, and the commercials were super short. Which oh uh, I did I did see they were having limited commercials yeah too. which I'm like not complaining about that because I don't like commercials but it was weird because then the episode ended at like ten forty three and you were like what I thought there was gonna be more right and I was like wait is this on till eleven o'clock I'm confused what's happening right now so that was the, the other thing that was a little weird like it just sort of ended so I thought we were going to commercial break and then it was like rolling the credits and they're like stay tuned for a sneak peek and I'm like oh it's over oh okay. <laughs> That was a little, like, disjointing for me. Like, I was like, oh, this is weird. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we we end the episode. I think we've, we've covered everything that happened in the episode. I think so. Um, we end the episode with, you know, Adam finally producing the cape and giving him, the you know. The cape is basically the photo from Back to the Future. Back to the Future. All right. <laughs> Once the cape is gone, Superman ceases to exist. The cape is beautiful. It's this, like, really, like, bright red but not like, you know, like some bright reds can be like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. It was very almost like ethereal or something. It was cool. And I loved like when he hands it to him and Seg's just kind of holding it. That was a cool shot. Is it, it, is it exactly the same as his grandfather's? I can't remember what color the... No, I think it's a little different. I don't remember thinking that they looked exactly the same. So I think it's a little different. 
think I just wanted them to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might be. I didn't really... It might... I felt like it looked different, but it might not. We we saw Valel so quickly that it it could possibly be. No, I'm very I'm very hopeful that we'll get to spend some more time with him. Yeah. Just, I want to. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to talk about. I will say the one thing, since you did your one thing that you were unhappy with, I will say the one thing that I kind of wished had been done a little bit differently is that, I, and again, I think this is just, it goes back to my, my previous observation about the, the fact that this is a pilot and we've got stuff to do and we can't like give everything the, t- the space that maybe it, it, it deserves otherwise. But I, I thought some of the, once we got to, once we got to the parents sacrificing themselves and, and what I thought that whole segment was very, it felt kind of predictable. Like you knew this was coming. Like the minute the, the, there were several sort of lines where you're like, well, they're dead. Yeah. And, and I was like, Oh, this, this doesn't need to be this heavy handed. But again, it's, a, I feel like I can't really judge anything until I see at least the second episode. Cause I'm like, it's a pilot. We've got a checklist of things to do in the grand scheme of things. It's not that big of a deal, but I hope it's not a habit that the show gets into. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely can agree. That could have been a little cleaner. It felt, you know, a very, like, sort of rushed and sort of like, well, we have to get these two out of the way because that's sort of the, you know, the crux of his of his story is that he's going to be alone in this. Um, yeah, so it felt sort of like, okay, I see where this is going right now. Yep, obviously Dad's going to jump out and, you know, claim it was him that was in the skimmer and we're going to lose them both in some way. I mean, you'd think if their technology was like, well, we can tell for sure that there are two people in this, like, it'd be able to tell you who they are. (laughs) I mean, you would think, considering they have a system where, like, you just give some blood and they determine what your child's going to be, that, yeah, they'd have some sort of genetic way of figuring out who was sitting in the skimmer. (laughs) Um, But whatever. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. That's one of those. Had to go somewhere. One of those TV things that you're just supposed to ignore. (laughs) Like, you have a computer that can tell me who I should marry and what our child is going to be, but you can't do any sort of DNA testing, like um, like surface DNA testing. Yeah, so weird. It's like, why is everyone on Krypton British? I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think um, British is just sort of the default, like, other world accent. Probably. Yeah. They sound, you know, it's because it's they sound posh. Right. It's like, yeah, you're from another planet. Sure, you have a British accent. That sounds good. Yeah, but I think on the whole, I'm feeling very optimistic about where this this series could go because I don't mostly because I am so pleasantly surprised by thus far how how little I think it needs the Superman part to stand on its own. I feel like there are so many places that it could go that have nothing to do with that, and and it makes me feel better about. I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but I feel like the biggest hurdle for this show is probably making people care about a world that we know is doomed. Right. And I think that this episode shows that they can definitely still show us a Krypton that is, that is interesting and has stories in it that we want to see that don't necessarily have anything to do with, with it's, it's, it's impending destruction 
there was a line at the very beginning, one of the voiceovers, it might've been Belisle actually, or it might've been, it actually might've been said, who said something to the effect of like the story, the story of our family isn't how we died, but how we how lived. lived. Yeah. And, um, I love that. And I, I was like, I, that's what I, that's what I want. I'm so fine with not even finding out what the time travel stuff is. If I can have that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, it's, I mean, I like Adam and I'm, I like that portion of the story, but I just, it's, it's not even like the most in, intriguing thing to me, just the world building and knowing, like, like you said about like the political structure and just, just the plant, like everything is just really super intriguing to me. I want to know how it all works. <laughs> yeah. Which is really, I think an accomplishment given, given that, you know, it's kind of the ending of these people is, is, is written eventually. But, or, or, you know, or is it anything with time travel in it always comes with the, with the possibility of right. the caveat of, of changing things. Of, yeah. Yeah. Setting a timeline or this turns out to be an alternate universe or anything like that is possible. But I think it's really good that straight out of the gate, they have proven that they don't need that to be a good story. Right. Oh, I, I have in my notes one more thing I wanted to mention about the aesthetic of the show. What I thought was really cool was every time we moved like from a place from place to place, like when they were in Candor City, and then um, the text would come up on the screen, and it was in Kryptonian, and then it would change to English. <laughs> and then like the sign, like all the signage, like on the streets, were in Kryptonian. But what was cool about it was obviously we can't read Kryptonian, but you knew what it was. Like, it was just designed so well that, like, I could tell this is a bar. You know, like, and I just, that was something that was, like, a, a, an attention to detail in building this and creating this world that makes it look real. Um, that I feel like sometimes other shows don't bother to do these kind of things. And it was just, like, a nice little touch. Like, I don't know. I liked that. I wanted to mention just, it. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> huh. I'm, I'm ready for episode two. Me too. So I guess we can, uh, we should go over some, we did get a little bit of feedback. Um, you said we got an email. We did get an email. Who's our Let's email? See. The email is from Rachel and she says, Dear Krypton Podcast, going to this premiere, I was probably most excited about getting to see Brainiac in live action, especially one who looks the best so far the other Brainiacs we've gotten on screen. No disrespect to the others. All of them had great actors and great performances. This one just seems to be the most accurate to the comics that inspired the show. Even though we've only gotten to see him briefly, he was still an intimidating presence, and I can't wait to learn more about him. Other than that, I thought the premiere was solid and had a lot of potential. Definitely looking forward to more of the Zods, as well as Nissa Vex, who seems to be a Luther-type character so far. Ooh. Yeah, I'll kind of co-sign that. Hmm. into it. Um, Rachel continues, Seg himself seems like a good leading character, and I'm sure he'll develop as a hero in the season to come. I don't know anything about Adam Strange, but I can only assume more will be revealed about him as well. Can't say much about the plot because it's only the first episode and we barely know anything. But we have, but what we have so far is intriguing. Yeah, I pretty nice. much one hundred percent agree with all that. Yeah, I concur. I like Nissa as a Luther character, as like a Luther. Yeah, I didn't even like make that connection, but she is sort of um. She kind of reminds me a little bit of Lena. Yes, I feel like they would be friends. Yeah. Oh, totally. They went to boarding school together. It's <laughs> my head canon. Lena and Nissa went to boarding school together. I want that spinoff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Like that. So we got a couple of um, comments on Twitter too from at Kellel84 told us he was loving it. Um, at Charming567, love it. Is it too soon to ask for season two? No. 
<laughs> nope. I was kind of hoping maybe Andy will bring us some good news from WonderCon, depending on how the numbers were on this, that we might get that announcement before the weekend's over. I feel like that might be too optimistic. <laughs> that's just, like, that never happens for, when I say sci-fi here, I mean, like, genre, not sci-fi, the network. That almost never really happens for shows like this in, like, the first week, unless they're, like, Game of Thrones or Westworld. But I feel like we should at least get some good intel out of out of WonderCon and where, yeah. who knows, maybe, maybe I'm being totally, like, playing it too safe here, and they'll be like, we love Krypton, season two is a go, and I'll be totally fine with that. Krypton was um, the number one trending topic while the show was on, on Twitter. Yeah. Which was really cool. Um, what else do we have here? So Charming567, she also said, uh, love, love, love it. We'll watch these episodes over and over again and hope that fans, the cast, etc. get a season two. So much more story to tell regarding Superman, the ultimate hero. Um, this one, her name is really long, so I can't see what is her at. Oh, at NVGhost005. I hope that's a nod to Ghost on Game of Thrones. I have a whole rant about Ghost on Game of Thrones. Anyway, um, and la and his lack of presence. presence. Anyway, so um, at NVGhost005 says, Flawless opening and the VFX of Brainiac is the best I've seen on sci-fi since The Expanse, which has exceptional VFX. Yeah, everybody's into Brainiac. Yeah. Um, at Shark89, whose name is Joseph Snow II, um, honestly pretty excited for what we might get to know about the House of Zod. Also, every time those classic Superman notes played, I felt like a little kid again. Super excited for the rest of this season. Yeah. So that's, that's all like we're our... kind of all on the same page about this, which is very nice. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, it's really nice to see. And, you know, when I was on Twitter while the show was on, like the whole cast was tweeting, which was great. But I found that like a lot of people on my timeline were, you know, just talking about it and watching it. And I feel like everybody enjoyed it. I don't know that there was too many haters. I mean, I'm sure there's haters because there's always haters. Um, somebody will find something wrong with it. But it does seem like, um, you know, it does seem like everybody was pretty happy with it and, and excited and going to come back for episode two. I think so. Like that, which is good because I want it. I want it to do well. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that's that's probably it for episode one. Not we're that I mean, we've talked for an hour. Not it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're excited. We hope you guys are excited. If you have thoughts or comments, feel free to at us at the podcast or either of us individually. We'll get to the whole string of everywhere that we are located on the internet in a second. Um, but we really like. I hope it's obvious from our discussion that we're really into this and would really like to talk about it. So please come indulge us. Yes. Um, yes. With that lead intro, I will go into all the places you can find us online. You can visit kryptonpodcast.com for all the latest news, photos, trailers, and more about Krypton, along with all of our latest episodes of the podcast. You can follow the podcast on social media at Krypton Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And you can subscribe to Pip. You can subscribe. I'm doing very well. The Krypton Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on iTunes, please leave us some reviews, but only if they're the five-star variety, uh, <laughs> as it's a great way to support the podcast and to let us know what you enjoy the most about the show Krypton and the podcast in response to it. You can also follow the entire DCTV Podcast Networks, featuring podcasts for Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, classic DCTV, show, classic DCTV shows, titans and more at dctvpodcast.com we're also there on twitter and facebook at dctvpodcast whoo one last thing i'm running out of breath but 
Don't forget to, you can also subscribe to our mega feed of all of these podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Whew, that was a lot. That's a mouthful. I promise. <laughs> and tell them where they can find you personally. <laughs> me personally, I'm sure if, if no one is tired of hearing me talk yet, I am at LaceyMB, L-A-C-Y-M-B, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I cover The Flash weekly at Telltale TV, and I write about Doctor Who at Culturist, but for most days, you can find me yelling about something on Twitter, so please don't feel bad. Come say hi. Yell with me. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at MimiC1019. That's M-I-M-I-C 1019. Uh, You can find me writing recaps of Krypton, Riverdale, and then other various things over at TV Source Magazine. Um, Cameron Cuff liked my review of Krypton last night, just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you can also find me, uh, my, my other podcast that I host with, uh, two of my best friends. It's hashtag TV geek. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G-T-V geek, where we talk about various different geek TV shows, the CW shows, Gotham. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Krypton, um, Game of Thrones, and anything and everything that you can imagine we talk about over there, movies and, and such. Yeah, so that's it for us in episode one of Krypton. Thank you guys for listening, and come back next week. Bye! Bye.